I'm Jesse. And I'm Josh. And this is Slice by Slice, a podcast where we dissect and discuss horror films by categories and subgenres, such as requels, slashers, franchises, and directors' bodies of work. And of course, we can't dissect and discuss these films in the detail we do without spoilers. What's up, everybody? I bet you thought we were dead. No, they were just hoping. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) So we're a little late, starting off season four, right? Is this season four? Jesus Christ, it is. We promised to come back in January, and life has just been crazy with the holidays and family coming in town. And Josh and I both having sick people at work, COVID sick people, and having to cover things and, and whatnot, and that hasn't really helped. No, it hasn't, but uh, the, this round, everybody seems to be getting over it pretty quick, so uh, we'll just keep trucking along. And I'm going on vacation in a week, so that kind of messed us up. So... We're not doing the season premiere today. We're just doing a little bonus episode for you guys so that you can get something in January like we promised. And uh, so we don't get too out of practice here. Yeah. And this is going to have a lot more content than our last attempt at a uh, bonus episode because we're going to spoil the shit out of something. Because this is the Scream 5 Ultimate Spoiler Edition episode. Damn, yeah. Josh and I were unable to see the film together because him and his wife wanted to go on opening weekend. And my wife and I couldn't get a sitter at the time. And my wife's not really big into horror movies, but she loves Scream. So I was like, I'm seeing it with my wife. And we got to see it the next weekend. And Josh and I have not talked about the movie to each other at all. None whatsoever. Like for reals, y'all. We always have spoilers on episodes, but this is going to be big time because this movie's only a week old. I should have it out in a couple of days. And yeah, yeah we're going to spoil the whole fucking movie. Yeah. And not only is the movie going to be like two weeks old, but by the time you guys hear this, Josh is going to be 40 years old. Yeah, big 4-0. Yay me. I might even release it on your birthday just because. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys let us know if you like this kind of bonus episode that we did here, because we've only ever had one other bonus episode, and it was like a really short five-minute blurb after seeing a movie. And if you like us going all-in spoilery on a movie as a bonus episode when it When it first comes out, let us know, and we'll look into doing more of these throughout the year. But you guys can expect the actual season four first episode. I would say mid to late February is what I'm aiming for, which I think is what happened last year. And we're not planning on being a once a month podcast. It just kind of happened towards the end of the year last year. So we're going to try to do two a month again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our normal schedule. Just, you know, towards the end of the year, we get busy and, and I get lazy. (laughs) <laughs> you don't even have to edit the fucking things. Yeah, yeah. It's that typing, man. All that typing. So if anybody can recommend anything better than uh what's that dragon speak, uh let me know. <laughs> but this is gonna be fun for us because we grew up watching the Scream franchise together. Yeah, yeah. I would say out of all the horror franchises, like that's the one that's like the Josh Jesse one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was stuff before that that's, you know, the important shit that, you know, you grew up with and 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 on and on. And then there's, you know, a generational thing where there's something that we know a lot of other people grew up with that didn't grow up with the 80s shit like we did. And uh, I'm just going to jump right into it. And that fact being mentioned in the movie is just funny as shit to me. <laughs> and it's great because I remember I liked the movie so much that when it came out, this was back when like Blockbuster got that exclusive deal. And I paid blockbuster price to get a VHS copy so Josh and I could watch it again. And we watched it so many times that we wore the tape out. Yep. 
right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we had to buy it again, and we did it multiple times. Every time I hung out, we watched it. So it was great, but uh, we're not here to talk about the first one. We've done that already. <laughs> we're here to talk about Scream, or I'm just going to call it Scream 5. Let's do it. And I thought it'd be kind of fun if I went down a whodunit path of who I thought the killer was with what rationale. And then, you know, Josh can comment as he wants, depending on if there's some crossover. And then he does the same. And then we'll go through some likes and dislikes. And uh, I was thinking about maybe ranking your screen movies in order at the end. Oh, dear God. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. We, we, really, we really are doing this unprepared. We can't even see each other's notes. This is going to be great. Final spoiler warning right now, guys. If you haven't seen this and don't want shit spoiled, back the fuck out now. <laughs> Jesse's whodunit path. Let's do it. Let's go. I immediately thought it was Jack Quaid, even though I didn't know his character's name, months before the movie came out because I saw the trailer and a quick glimpse of his face where I had to go, is that dude from The Boys? And look it up to see if he was even in the movie. And <laughs> since he was the most recognizable face out of all of the new cast, I thought that they were trying to hide him and fucking spoiled it. So he was one of my killer choices before the credits even rolled. And I was really hoping I was wrong. And honestly... They did a pretty good job with this character. Do I go ahead and say who the killer is? I guess if you're listening to this, you don't give a fuck, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Listen, we done warned you like we always do. Well, let's just see how it rolls. But yeah, I thought that was a, a poor way to do the trailer because they should have gone Marvel style where they like made fake scenes for the trailer that had nothing to do with the movie and weren't in the movie. Yeah, that would have been nice. But still gave you the same vibe. Like it's cool how they do that with Marvel movies, I think. And yeah, so they did that and spoilers, Richie slash Jack Quaid, one of the killers. Okay. <laughs> My very early thoughts, very quick in the movie, was that Sam Carpenter, I want to point out that they made her last name Carpenter, that was really cool, is the daughter of Billy Loomis. He knocked up a girl in high school that was not Sydney before he got killed, and that made her Sam Loomis, huh? Huh? So there's a lot of cool (laughs) jokes in there. Oh, yeah. I was thinking that she was the second killer, or one of the killers, if it wasn't Richie, but definitely one of the killers, but with a split personality and she didn't know it. And like dad would take over and he'd start driving. Yeah. I could. And the dad personality was working with Richie, but Richie knew to play it cool to Sam. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and use one of the phrases from the film and say, uh, no, Jesse, that would be something you'd find in elevated horror, not in, uh, not in scream five <laughs> <laughs> or stab eight. Come on. <laughs> The movie Split was not elevated horror, and they did it. <laughs> but I thought Touché. that was kind of cool, and I was really pushing for that the whole time. And it didn't happen. They kind of they, they tease it at the end a little bit, because you get to see her go ham on somebody, and you're like, yeah, I hope she's in a sequel as the killer. All right. The twins. I don't know if the twins were supposed to be a red herring, but with them being Randy's niece and nephew... And being the movie nerds and being so on top of it and me just watching Yellow Jackets and <laughs> the sister is from Yellow Jackets. And I could, I don't know, I just something about that. And, and the killer seemed very big and strong. And the twin brother, he's a he was a big son of a bitch and he was jacked. Right. And I was yeah. like, it's them because they're not showing them that much in the movie. Right. They really weren't showing most of the supporting cast. True. Um. But I only thought it was them. I don't even remember when it kicked in, but it kicked in and it just kind of shifted out, right? Like, so I don't know if it was thrown at me like a red herring, but it fit for a little while. And honestly, it fits more than what actually happens. And I'll get to that later. <laughs> my, my last two points here on my whodunit path. I periodically kept thinking that they were going to use the old idea to have 
Stu was in prison or a mental hospital the whole time and wasn't actually killed, and he was masterminding it, and he was broken out, and <laughs> Stu was killing. And I really feel like they fucking pushed that the whole time. Like, they were just the undertones of how they were talking about the past. Yes! Felt like they were going to bring him up. And that was legitimately something Wes and Kevin were going to do. And the way the killer operated, it it really felt like that to me up into a point. And I was kind of sad that didn't happen either. Like, I was wanting him to do something really cool or different with the killer. And it just, it just kind of didn't happen that way. And the last person was Amber. And at random times, I thought that she was the killer just because it just seemed so obvious the way she was pissy to everybody and yeah. the way she wasn't around, but it didn't add up. Cause in order for her to be the killer, it, it just didn't work. I mean, I was going to say that for one of my dislikes, there's several times where you see some ghost face killing somebody and you know, it's Amber and she's six foot four and overpowering guys. Exactly. When does she drink the Jekyll and Hyde juice? And when does she smoke PCP? Cause there's no fucking way she would have done some of these kills. Right. And I don't know. It would make me remove her as a suspect every time I saw a ghost face kill somebody. Because, like, if I was leaning really hard on Richie, Richie's in the room, right? Or Sam's <laughs> in the room. And I'm like, okay, well, who's the big motherfucker? You know what I mean? And I don't mean big, like, Kane Hodder. Like, it was just, it was a tall, skinny guy. It could have been Matthew Lillard. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, that's what you're seeing. And I don't like it when movies do stuff like that. With that being said, I loved this fucking movie. I guess we should have talked about that at the beginning. We'll save that for the end, I guess. But I don't like it. When a movie that's supposed to make me think and figure it out puts something in that makes it where the actual ending's impossible, and yeah. you can't figure it out. I mean, it made sense to be Amber other than that, but that was my entire whodunit path. Josh, tell me yours. As you know, if it's not really gripping to me, I don't really care. I suffered through a lot of that in this movie, but as soon as it got to the the little meeting at the twins house and, and Dewey's like, well, it's you, you're the, you're the, you're the new boyfriend. How long have you been around? How much do you know about him? Like at that moment I was stuck on him. And, uh, when they did the whole, Oh, I haven't even seen the stab movies. It was like, yeah, it's getting a little too obvious now. Never pinned a second one on anybody. Amber being my absolute last guess. Cause she's like as short as me and like 200 pounds less than me. And I just couldn't (laughs) buy it. And I thought, how bitchy she was like laid it on too thick and I'll save some of this for the end. Right. But uh, I do have to say that, uh, the wife did, uh, did nail both of them about a third of the way into the movie. Okay. And, uh, she waned a little bit on Amber and then came back. And, um, I never, I never really looked at, at anybody else other than, uh, the boyfriend. I Richie stewed and like Richie Ambered it a couple times. Like I said, I had to remove Amber. Every fucking time because it didn't make any sense. Even when I just knew, and I'll go ahead and say that now, the hospital fight scene, which yep. I want to say it right now, they fucking killed Dewey. Yeah, they did. Which is good. I mean, you got to kill a legacy character in like a movie like this or you have no balls. And they killed one of the three that always lives. Yeah, right? like very, very clearly. He is not going to walk this off. <laughs> right. And they did that purposely. And, and that scene did a lot for me because Richie was in the room. So maybe he's not the killer, but he only got cut in the arms. So that kind of looked like fake killer to me. Yeah. And then you see the ghost face that's fighting Dewey and it's a, it's a tall guy. You can tell. <laughs> yeah. And it's a cool fight. And he, Dewey takes him down, you know, and then I like how he's like, I got to go back and shoot him in the head. We knew there was a fast and, and I hate how he got called off guard, but it was a fucking wicked cool, you know, kill scene. Yeah. Yeah. The way he was stabbed, right? 
dual wielding and shit, man. Exactly. But that scene did a lot of things for me right there, because what does Ghostface say to Dewey? It was an honor. Yep. Right? So I was like, it's not Stu. That's what I knew it wasn't Stu. Because <laughs> Stu's already fought Dewey. Yeah. It wouldn't be an honor, right? So it was obviously a fan that had done it. But yeah, that scene really did a lot to mess up everything for me while still being a cool scene in the movie. Honestly, I think the twins would have made the most sense. Well, and that goes into something else that we'll get into a little later of when does the red herring become the bait and switch and it's the obvious because it's a fucking scream movie. And that's the thing. I don't even think it really was a red herring. I think they just kept them in the background long enough, right? And made them movie nerds enough um, where you start thinking about Billy. You know, sometimes watched a few too many horror movies, right? Yeah, yeah. And and they just they were they were fitting to have the girl be the mastermind and the brother, you know, go beat everybody's ass and kill him, right? And they supposedly shot multiple endings with so nobody knew who was gonna be the killer. Oh really? Right. It was written one way, but they did it otherwise. I hope they released that. And I bet we see that in there somewhere. Yeah. No, if if it had held on the twins too much, that would have it would have done the 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 red herring flip flop. We're like, oh, it's holding on too right. much. It's got to be them. Oh wait, no, it's holding on too much to make us think it's them. So it's not them right. type thing. So I think they were. I think they were played very well. I honestly think that the the involvement and backstory limited backstory on some characters was played pretty well to yeah. not really pin it on anyone, but it wasn't played well to make you constantly go scene by scene. Oh, it's him. No, it's her. No, wait, it's right. him. It, I didn't get that. Like I've gotten in other screen movies, but Billy's ghost talking to his daughter. I mean, honestly, that was not relevant to the plot whatsoever. It was just there to throw Billy in the movie. I feel like unless that was supposed to be a red herring, but I haven't seen a lot of people online go with this multiple personality Billy's driving thing. So I don't, I don't know. It was really cool. To see Skeet Ulrich come back. Yeah. Right. I think they make up de-aged him. It didn't look like CGI. They didn't have much of a budget either. So, um, <laughs> I had no clue he was in the movie. That Neither was like one of the I. best hidden secrets to me. Like as soon as I saw him, I thought it was a uh, reused footage. And then I realized it wasn't. Oh, was in the, like, oh shit. in the back of the car. Uh, bathroom mirror the first time. Oh, okay. See, in the back of the car, I was like, this is an odd angle. And then, just, of course, it was IMAX and we're sitting way too close. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He ended up saying something that wasn't in the movie and I could tell it was like an actual scene. So that was really cool. That was a good secret. Somehow I made it a whole week with this movie being out without having anything spoiled. I mean, I had to avoid certain areas of the internet, but it worked out. Yeah, I was so glad that Looper didn't fuck that up for me with a thumbnail. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was really cool seeing him show up. Had no idea it was going to. I've read some people going like, well, that was completely unnecessary and a waste of time and stupid fan service. And I'm like, what the fuck ever? I think that was fresh and different without it being like, oh my God, I got to kill you. You're my cousin. <laughs> right, right. And I feel like that kind of leaned into the Stu thing a little bit. And, and some did. people are like, that would be stupid if Stu just randomly materializes. They've never actually said he was dead. I know. We'll get into that more later. I promise. <laughs> I know. And I'm going to get into that real big. I, I know you haven't seen my notes because I had them like blacked out. But I don't know. I thought that was that was interesting because, I mean, you see that he got stabbed a couple times. So did Billy and the TV gets dropped on his head and he stops moving. But you're like, he, maybe he could have been alive. I don't know. It's kind of dumb. I really I think I just really wish they had done the split personality thing with Richie and, and she didn't know. Like, I don't know. I think it would have been cool. Anyways, let's go into likes and dislikes. We've kind of done it a little bit. My likes, I, I thought it was an excellent slasher movie. I love slasher movies, and it was a fucking slasher movie through and through, I felt like. The kills were pretty cool. I didn't like some of the CGI stabs. Yeah. I know it's cheaper to do, like, a CGI blade through a neck than, like, use prosthetics. Now, when they went for their main kill scene, which was clearly Dewey, that was 
executed fucking perfectly. Yeah, but they were they were hyper violent and very aggressive um, compared to the right. other films. Like when somebody really stabs somebody, they don't stab them once or twice. They stab them like twelve to thirty times, depending on how much passion is involved. But like right. seeing the rapid prison shank stabs felt so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and Ghostface. Let's let's be honest. I always like Billy and Stu, the idea of them as Ghostface, but Ghostface to me has never had a persona of being a slasher like the shape or like Jason, right? Like you always know it's just different people in a costume, yeah. right? Doing it for reasons. And this movie, Ghostface felt like a slasher to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like whoever the stunt actor was in the costume did a fucking great job with the body movements and, and putting the, the personality in the body movements and the, sh- the violent shanking, like you said, and just like relishing in the kills, which is part of what made me think it was Stu. I was like, yes, I'm back at it, you know. But yeah, that was great. The cast, I thought, was great. I liked the new cast members. I see lots of complaints about the actress playing Sam online and about how she was just kind of like wooden at times. I think she was supposed to be. I think she was brought there to play a character and she played it. Yeah. It is the main complaint on the internet is how bad the actress that played Sam was. She seemed like she was distraught and detached from the world. And when she needed to be emotional with her sister, she could. And when she needed to be a fucking psychopath at the end of the movie, she brought her a game. Yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of poor dialogue, uh, like uh, in the in the hospital, in the bed. It, it hangs a little too long with the sister talk, but uh, none of that was on her. And Jenna Ortega as Tira was badass. Like she was probably the best one in the movie. Yeah, um, she's been really good in everything I've seen her in recently because she was on You and yep. I liked her on that. I saw her in something else, and she's about to be in an A twenty four movie that looks good as well. So I was wondering we're gonna start seeing her in these kind of movies a lot. So that was pretty cool. I won't be able to look at Jack Quaid on the boys the same way again. <laughs> like he played his character from the boys and then he was able to play a nice, caring, loving boyfriend. And then he played a crazy guy really well at the end. So that was cool. And I thought the legacy cast was used to great effect. Yeah. Like, I don't think they overused them. I don't think they underused them. I don't think they fan service used them. Some of the lines and stuff, it was done by the cast from interviews I've seen and things I've read. Um, like the, I'm Sydney fucking Prescott. Of course I've got a gun. Yeah. That was Nev Campbell's idea. Oh, really? Right? Yeah. Because like that's how she feels like her character would be at that point. I agree. Dewey was great. Like That was some of his best acting. Yeah. I can't believe how much Arquette actually was re- was kind of pulled it back and was reserved. Didn't expect that. He also had them change the script because it was too close to his real life. <laughs> like They had him leaning way more on the substance abuse and being a drunk. And, you know, he really was married to Courtney Cox and yeah. he really did have substance abuse problems that split him up. Right. And things like that. So it, it leaned a little too hard on his, on his real life. So he had him, you know, let him, they let him adjust it as he wanted to. And I, I think that was the right thing to do because he was great in it. But yeah, I, I liked everybody in it. Even the characters that weren't in there very long, just so that you'd have a body count. were good. <laughs> it was really cool to have a character named Wes in the movie yep. as a tribute to Wes Craven. And them having a party in a room and saying, let's all toast it to Wes, I thought was really cool. And then we got the in memory of Wes, which was kind of sad at the end. But it's nice that they were able to put all those Wes tributes in there. Yep. And I'm going to go. It looks like I got a bunch of notes, Josh. I'm sorry. I'm going to kind of go through these quick Um, Easter eggs. There was a lot of them. I'm sure you're going to point out some more. Real quick. It's just funny that you can't see my notes. I'm not looking at your notes. And the difference between like vehemently opposed and like 
totally agreeing <laughs> as you're going through these things. It's just funny <laughs> as shit to me. <laughs> and I'm sorry if I'm doing some of your stuff. If I'm saying some of the same stuff, you're going to comment on it. Just go ahead and interrupt me. We usually, we don't have like a tight script, like Jess says this, Jess says this. We might have like jokes and stuff in there, but we at least like have outlines for the movies. This is just, we spitballed notes real quick yeah. <laughs> separately. So this is kind of fun. Um, throwbacks though there were a lot of throwbacks yep tara was playing with the knives at the beginning like casey in the kitchen yep while she's on the phone thought that was cool perfect use of the red right hand song yeah it was nice to see a uh, little easter egg you could see tatum's ashes on mantle fireplace mantle Where's yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yep. gail made a joke about her bangs when the tv was on which is funny because i remember when she put that instagram post out where she cut her bangs <laughs> live on instagram or whatever getting ready for scream and it had to have been a wig or something, but it was funny because I assumed she was going to have the bangs and uh, the movie. Thank God she didn't. I don't know if you caught this or not, but Sydney married detective Mark Kincaid. Yep. Which ex- also explains why she has the guns. Judy's lemon squares were still alive and kicking. Yeah. They still taste like ass though. <laughs> <laughs> and Kirby was alive. Did you catch that? I did not catch that in the movie, but I did read about that. Uh, okay. Okay. It's when uh, let's go ahead and say that little Easter egg there. Yep. Dead meat was on YouTube. I don't think they were called dead meat, but they were on there. And if you looked at the you know recommended videos on the side, it was interview with survivor of the woods, murders Kirby, right? It was pretty neat. Oh my God. I died laughing. And my wife was just looking at me shaking my head. But when they're having the big meeting right at the Meeks house uh-huh. and the twins start talking about requels and going into the Ryan Johnson doing stab eight. And it sucked. Every line she said verbatim was taken from like star Wars subreddit (laughs) for last Jedi when he did last Jedi. (laughs) And you know, some of it, I agreed with it and some of it, I didn't, but it was like, you know, they made the main character, Mary Sue and they didn't use the legacy characters properly and this and that. Like it was literally a joke making fun of Ryan Johnson. I, I think it was making fun of two groups of people. It was making fun of Ryan Johnson's last Jedi and also making fun of people that take stuff too far yep. online as well. But I mean, there, I do have some grievances with that film as a huge uh, <laughs> Star Wars fan. It was really funny because she was like legit quoting things that you could pull up on any site complaining about less Jedi. And that was the whole joke. Like, just stick Ryan Johnson on Stab 8, and that happens. All right, Mikey Madison, the girl who plays, or played, I'm sorry, Amber, was Sadie in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. So she's Sadie, you know, one of the girls that goes in to to do the murder, right? But they move the murder to Leonardo DiCaprio's house in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She's the one that gets set on fire with the flamethrower and then comes running in on fire with a knife, which they did in the movie. That's exactly, okay. Yeah, I've only seen that shit once. I didn't realize that was her. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny that they did that. That had to have been like a joke. I really fucking hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one of my favorite little things were all the Dreadit mentions. Like the horror Reddit's called Dreadit, and they would say Dreadit regularly. Yeah. And actually, Dreadit was blamed for setting up the two people to be the murders, right? Like, <laughs> which everybody on Reddit was funny about it. But you know, when a movie comes out, the model usually put a. Uh, like a locked discussion at the top to you can only talk about the movie in here to contain the spoilers. Right. And we're going to delete anything else outside of this post. And they put the screen one up and I avoided it until after I saw the movie, I immediately went to it that night after watching the movie and the mod Calusa on, on dread did the normal little blurb about posting like a discussion thing. And then they put, this should go without saying, please don't try to find your murder accomplices here. Okay. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> That's great. And I was just like, 
because Scream movies are always meta. This one was really meta. They did a good job, I think, with a lot of bitching you hear on the internet right now, whether you agree with stuff or not. Like, I, I think it really harnessed what internet reviews look like about movies nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then the, to have to put that in there, that was awesome. Dislikes. I'll go quick so Josh can talk so you're all sick of hearing my voice, I'm sure. <laughs> They're used to it, man. We always start with you. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's like when your pride and joys and your babies, then I make sure you get it. <laughs> CGI stabs. I've gotten over my <laughs> hatred for CGI blood because it's gotten a lot better. But man, now that the knives going in and out, it just, I don't know. I don't like it, but I know why they had to do it. Yeah. I don't know. I, in some ways, I feel like you could make a fake neck pretty cheap and stab it, but it didn't take me out of the movie. I just probably paid attention more than anything, but that, that bothered me a little bit. But then they killed Dewey, and it was done right. So <laughs> Amber had to have done most of the kills. If you think about every kill scene, the only times Richie would have done it were the attempted ones that didn't go down, like in the cafeteria and shit like that. Yeah. Like, he did all the fake-out shit. And I don't know. I got mad earlier, and I'm mad now. It's impossible <laughs> to guess Amber accurately. You could say it's supposed to be her, but when you think about, like, body size, it, it just doesn't work. No, not at all. I thought it was really weird that they pick and chose what they wanted to keep from the Scream franchise because Sam didn't mention that her grandmother was also a serial killer. I'm fucked up because my grandmother was a serial killer and my father was a serial killer, right? <laughs> um, Sydney was never like, yeah, I'm fucked up because my half-brother and my niece were serial killers, right? Like, yeah. did they forget that there was more than Billy and Stu? You could say they they pulled a Halloween and they were only doing a sequel to the original, except for, you know, you had Judy in there and, and they're lemon wedges and they reference things from other movies and Kincaid you know what I mean so it's like what the fuck well it's just stuff that didn't make it into the stab movies man <laughs> <laughs> and while the killers did work for me in the end I do think they could have gone a more interesting path such as my split personality theories they could have done three killers they've never done three killers before and Stu yeah and last dislike they edged Stu being the killer too much <laughs> like it was just like you just knew what it was gonna be especially when you find out that like the asshole got the bar was related to stew and stuff like i don't know but that was it so what are your likes and dislikes all right well this is gonna be funny because there's gonna be a lot of repeating in here <laughs> so in my likes number one uh wes having a character named wes giving us a reason to have the party that whole thing i thought right. that was great then of course they killed Wes, which is a uh, kind of <laughs> tongue in cheek, but uh, I'm okay with it. And it was a psycho reference, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that was another one of the times where it had to have been Amber and he looked like he was in pretty good shape and he could not hold those knife arms off. Nope. Just saying. But uh, it did feel good. It did not feel uh, like trying to placate anyone. It felt sincere. Yeah. Yeah. The entire rant um, and core of the movie about elevated horror and toxic fandom and the mm -hmm. Babadook still sucks. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, the argument was great. Um, the, the difference between elevated horror versus slashers and bringing up what people grew up on and what they grew up on is what they're going to love. And like, Oh, this generation right. wants more. Da, 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 da. It's like, well, it doesn't matter. It's still at the core. By the time you get to the fifth one, you're probably pissing people off. Um, it doesn't matter. And that, that was fun. And it's really funny that they said, and, you know, Stab went off the rails with the fifth one because you're watching the fifth <laughs> yes. screen movie at that point, moment. And and that's the thing. Like, the original Scream was so meta. The other ones kind of, like, dabbled in it. But this one, like, fucking grabbed the bull by the horns and wrote it. Yeah. Kind of like the fourth one was trying to do, like, is it a reboot and stuff? This just did it more successfully and, and grasped the real world with the movie so well. Yeah. 
like you brought up before, the uh, the Easter eggs and what little bit of fan service was in there, I thought it was mm-hmm. a great balance for both of them. Again, never felt insincere. It was just enough. The use of Stu's house, I thought was great. Even right down to music cues. I bitched about this mm-hmm. in The New Matrix. Like, you use the same damn score for the first three. Just stick with it. Like, this, th- this right. is what it needs to be. And they did a very good job of that in this movie. When you get Dewey's theme, you get it when you were supposed to. Yeah. Right? But like Stu's house, I thought it was really neat because they didn't immediately make it obvious that it was Stu's house from the first movie. Yeah. And as the camera was going around, I was like, it kind of looks like Stu's house. I know. Neat that it looks like Stu's house. That's a cool throwback. <laughs> and then you find out it is the fucking house and you see it from the outside. Yes. And they let us have the same final scene as the original movie. It's, I don't, it's, somehow they figured out how to walk the line on fan service and not, not being bullshit. Well, it's, it's great. Well, even that, like uh, the whole stage, not staging the scene, but the, the, the kitchen scene and then the way that the kitchen scene was trying to be staged in four, it's almost like they're like, okay, we're not going back to the well on what they did in four. We're just going to fucking full on do it. <laughs> right. Like four, right. four didn't have the balls to full on do it. We do the Billy plot element or device while underused, kind of like you said, and uh, the visions that was unexpected. I loved it. And people mm-hmm. forget that goes back to a few things. It goes back to Sydney seeing her dead mom. Um, mm-hmm. It goes back to the, uh, the sins of the parents, which was not only something Craven was known for, but uh, it was a thread through all the screen movies. If you think about it. it, it's the sins of the parents are following these kids loosely by the time you get to four. Yeah. Um, but it, but it is a common theme and, uh, that's something that, you know, Craven did. And I know he didn't write the original, but, uh, is ha- at least having a reoccurring theme. And I think for the most part, the scream franchise has kind of brought that, the spirit of Wes, uh, into him to a certain extent where they're being punished for the sins of the parents. And you're going to have some kind of a thread, no matter how loose it is still kind of tied all together. That being the thread. I'm still in likes, believe it or not, I promise. Got one more. Um, <laughs> motive. Well, this is where everybody who knows me would probably be like, oh, Josh is going to fucking shit on this. <laughs> At its core, it's so simple and it's kind of elegant in its simplicity. It's crazed fans sick of seeing what they love being turned into shit. <laughs> right. And they reach a breaking point. And uh, it's it's kind of self-reflective for uh, right. really hardcore fans. And like you were bringing up the way people, you know, go to town on, on the forums and at each other, you know, it almost paints itself into the corner of like, how self-righteous are you? Like, it, it's just a fucking movie. <laughs> like, you want to do something right, about right, it? Right, why, exactly. why don't you put on your big girl panties and go kill some people? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I'm going to double down on this for you a little bit too, because that's also a point of contention on Reddit is people think it's like a stupid motive and it was the worst motive out of all of the screen movies. Actually, my wife didn't like that motive, but I don't actually think that was the real motive. I think it was a deeper throwback. I think we actually just had two fucking psychopaths. <laughs> and this is the situation they were in. <laughs> right. Sometimes people are just fucking crazy. Sydney, you know what I mean? Like what Billy said in the first one, sure. I think they were just fucking crazy and wanted to kill people. And that was their reason they gave, right? Jesse's doing the air quotes here. Um, <laughs> But they were just psychopaths, and that's why they stabbed people like it was a prison shank with a pork chop bone. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get long-winded now. My dislikes. <laughs> okay, okay. Here we go. Okay. Buckling down. And, and, and hold on. Let me get through all of what I'm fixing to say. Uh, number one, Dewey. And not Dewey dying. Dewey not finishing the kill. Dewey walking away and going to the fucking elevator out of anybody that survived all of this shit. He is the last person I will believe that their character would fucking walk away. They still could have 
figured out a way to still kill him. I don't buy his character doing that. That's just dumb. Him dying was necessary. Very well done. Wife cried, but his error in judgment was just not fucking believable. I'm taking notes so I can talk <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> I'm going to let you go for once. My second dislike is where, Stu? <laughs> <laughs> we went back to his house. Matthew Lillard has said in interviews, we never actually saw him being finished off and maybe he'd come back one day. And while right. that, it is kind of insane, this late into the franchise, I would have been totally fine with him coming back as one of the killers. As a matter of fact, once the house, because I did the same thing you did, I was like, man, this is real similar to Stu's house because we watched all the all four movies right before going to see the movie, like back to back to back. Right. And we get the boyfriend reveal and I'm like, here he comes, here he comes, here he comes. And then I see Amber and I'm like, fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Got three more here. Sid and Gail. I'm just going to read verbatim what I wrote. A lot of their dialogue was poorly written and both of them felt rigid and very one dimensional. You could literally take them out of the movie, and I don't think it makes a difference. I'm not saying plot-wise and what their characters did, but I'm, I'm saying as far as the depth of the characters. Right. It felt really weird to me. Um, motive, which motive was one of my likes. It's also one of my dislikes. We <laughs> really got zero, not zero, but nearly nil exposition to show that they were crazed fans, which kind of goes along with what you were saying. Maybe they're just fucking crazy people and this was their end. Right. And I know people could argue that it was necessary because if we did this whole exposition about how it's like, oh, da, 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 and I live in Stu's house and da, da, it'd be like, okay, this shit's too obvious. So that wouldn't have worked. I get that. And it could have been the whole red herring flip flop fake out thing, but then it would have felt like Scream 4. Would have felt a lot like Scream 4 if it was like, yeah, we're so mad about what happened to these movies and da-da-da-da. Like, okay, this shit's fucking just Scream 4. Um, you could already tell that, you know, we're going down the same road. We're just driving in the other lane. It doesn't give me the the fucking Saul moment of piecing right. it together throughout the flick of, oh, these were all my hints that that yeah, this, this cheese is slidden off this cracker. And again, I get it. <laughs> Had they done that, it would have just felt like Scream 4. So it's a weird balancing act. But regardless, it was still a fun motive. Last one's pretty short. I just wrote, I'm on fire. Amber's burning up ass coming back. <laughs> if it was just a fucking joke because of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I'll give him a pass. If that was supposed to be our the killer always comes back scare, it was dumb and unnecessary. All right, all right. I'm going to go down here. I took notes. We always say take notes while the other person's talking and don't interrupt. We never fucking do it. I just did it because I was interrupting Josh too much. I felt bad. It's more obvious to me, by the way, when uh, we're winging this than when we're going off script. All right, so Dewey, I agree that I don't think you would have been that dumb, and I think you would have just headshot the person as soon as they hit the wall and dropped, you know? Yeah. However, I agree that they had to kill a legacy character, and it made sense for him to die and die fighting Ghostface like that. Saving somebody, he died saving everybody else, yeah. which I thought was neat. So I felt like it fit enough that it let me have suspension of belief. Nah, fuck that. He should know better. Maybe I mean he really should have, but it didn't like ruin the movie for me. No, right? no, no. Like I could suspend belief enough to like enjoy the kill scene. It was sad seeing him die, but I'm like, he got possibly the coolest fucking kill out of the entire franchise to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't get the kill; he got the death. But just Dewey's all you said, Dewey, it made me think about like it's. His character is so well done. I like that they made him smart enough. This goes with your, like, he was too smart to let that happen. But, like, the way he called the killer right at the beginning. Yeah. 
and then ended up saving the killer's life. That's what I meant to say earlier when, uh, sorry, I've been interrupted by like children a couple of times. It's been edited out, obviously, but I was like on a roll about something and I forgot and we skipped it. <laughs> but another reason why it was really obvious it was Richie is when Richie's on the ground and Ghostface and Dewey are struggling for the weapons and Dewey, you know, fucking fires off however many into Ghostface's chest and they hit the ground, it cuts to Richie and he looks at the body like, are they okay? <laughs> and then he gets up like literally like they did i think that's when you were supposed to know it was him because he looked concerned for whoever just got shot yeah like he didn't know if they had a vest maybe they stole the sheriff's vest who knows but yeah dewey he had to die i think if they were going to kill one of the three legacies that was still alive he was the one that needed to go to to really show the stakes yeah. right and I, they they could have done it a slightly smarter way or something yeah the use of gail and sydney yeah, in some ways, but I really feel like they were using the legacy characters the way it should be done, the way they should have done it with the new Star Wars franchise, have the legacy characters come in, have them be themselves and have learned from everything they did in the past, have them be the badasses that they should be at this point, and have them pass the torch off and not be trying to take over the movie, right? And, and Star Wars failed at that. <laughs> They did good with Han Solo. It was just kind of past that. I, I felt like they did. They were there. They were badasses. They were really hard to be tricked. Like when Amber tries to trick him in the ports, like, oh my God, they stabbed me. And Gail's like, kill her. And, they, you know, they pull the guns and start shooting. Like, it, it was just great. I don't know. I felt like they played the way their characters would be after 25 years of dealing with this shit and didn't try to take over the new cast. Because I'm assuming they're setting up a new franchise or a new yeah. trilogy or something, yeah. you know? No, I'm fine with all of that. I just think the dialogue was poorly written and it was like, like the rehearsal takes made it into the flick. Like it was, it was the, you know what I mean? It was that close to, I, I'm totally okay with, with the absurdity of we've seen this shit before. We can make these quick snap decisions. Right. I just don't think it was executed. Well, I'm going to have to pay attention to their dialogue more on a second watch because in my mind, I feel like they had so few lines. It was hard to have bad dialogue, <laughs> but maybe I, I like, glazed over the ones that weren't like important or good parts well the shit that pissed me off was how bad it was in the hospital that brief bit in the hospital is what like i was like oh my god okay. that, that we're writing for them so i was already jaded by the time we got to the that. house yeah, yeah you're right i see that yeah all in all i think it was a pretty fucking badass movie it's one of my favorite recent horror movies i'm gonna be honest and i think the um the writer and the director did a good job. They had a hard fucking job. They had to take a movie franchise that has only been directed by Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson and make a movie and not get hated for it. And J.J. Abrams couldn't fucking pull that off. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm not trying to go back to the source thing. I'm just as an example. And I'm pretty sure it's the it's the two people that made um, Ready or Not. Was it hide and seek? Ready or not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It was them that made it, wasn't it? Yeah. Now and then, don't forget. Now four was it four three? One of those two. We had Aaron Kruger come in to write, but we did have Williamson as on on his uh, producer, executive producer. But still, I get what you're saying. It's like it has, it stayed in its lane, and this is like so different. Like we got nobody. We only right. we had Williamson on as an executive producer, I believe, and that was it. And it was the most scream scream has been since the original scream, <laughs> in my opinion. At times, yes. And I don't did you like it? This is going to be weird. Okay. So going back to when we did the quadrilogy, <laughs> I remembered hating four. 
and then watching right. it, watching it again for the podcast, I'm like, this really isn't that bad. There's some really smart stuff in here, and there's some fun stuff in I here. I thought it was a good movie after I watched it the second time. I just didn't like the first time I saw it. <laughs> then watching them all again before going to see this, I'm like, man, there's what it is is just four has a handful of just really bad things in it that really bring everything else down. But the rest of it's really good. <laughs> right. And uh, I walked out of the theater thinking I like four more than five. But based okay. on all of that, I have to watch five again. Um, right. Based on what I've learned. Now, the wife, on the other hand, loathes four. And she put this ahead of it. All right. I'm going to add one thing to that. And then I'm going to ask you a, a question that you probably won't be able to answer on the spot because you get uncomfortable. <laughs> but <laughs> the original scream, I watched into the fucking ground. Every scream after that, I saw them once and I was like, all right, I'm good. And I would watch them, you know, maybe several years later, but I couldn't go back and watch them. I didn't really go back and watch this whole trilogy often. I know we did it a couple of times at your house where we went and watched, uh, well, I know it ended up being four of them, but like back when we thought it was done at three, yeah, we watched it a couple of times together. And that's probably the only time I've ever watched the trilogy together was a couple of times I did it with you. Okay. But I always watch the first one over and over again, and I can't wait till this goes streaming in a month because I think it's coming out streaming in a month so I can watch it again. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm going to be able to watch this one multiple times, which I haven't been able to do since the original. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, definitely. So I'm not going to ask you a question as hard as, you know, what's your favorite scary movie, but <laughs> rank your screen movies for me. Um, one is one. <laughs> and this is what's weird, man. Like the more I watch them, cause I'm, I'm the same as you. We, we watch the first scream a minimum of three times a year. I always think I like the third one more than I do. And then when I watch it, I'm like, it's this, right. there's some elements in it that I think are awesome, but the rest of the movie's pretty meh. Um, from best to worst, probably right now. Oh, wow. One, two, four, three, five. But I got to watch five again. It's, okay. it's at the bottom of the pile right now because I've only seen it once and I haven't had a chance to go back and you know, not be looking for the ride, be looking for the next layer of the onion, so to speak, to see if yeah, it's there. Yeah, and I, I will say it's probably unfair to try to rank it, only seeing these once, and, and I just saw it like two days ago, right? So I might be riding a high a little bit that I regret later. I really liked <laughs> Rise of Skywalker when I walked up in a night, and uh, we see all that turned. It's, it's not a bad movie, but man, the amount of store is referenced. They did that on purpose, though. They did that in this movie on purpose because there's a lot of parallels. But anyways, anyways, my ranking one, five, four, two, three. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I say that only actually seeing four twice. The first time when I was only half paying attention, I didn't like it. And then me watching it for the podcast and going, this is a pretty good movie. But I want to go back <laughs> and watch that one again. Right. Whereas I feel like I have to slog through two and three. Two has parts I like. Like all their original ideas, you know, two, they had to shoot different killers and nobody knew who the killer was. And you had to act like the killer at different times. And, yeah. and I kind of like that part of it. And I like the reveal at the end with it being Billy's mom and stuff like that. But the third one, I don't I, I never have anything good to say about the third one. Yeah. It just keeps sliding down the list. <laughs> and I can't point at any one thing. Like it, it was one killer. They had to go back to the family well again. It all went back to the same thing. Oh, that's another thing that I didn't even mention. They keep talking about Billy the Mastermind, right? It was actually R Roman or Ronan or whatever the fuck his name is from Scream 3 was supposedly the mastermind that got yep. Billy and Stu to go kill Maureen, right? But then they did their own thing afterwards. So I don't know. They they, they forgot a lot about all that, but I forget about <laughs> it sometimes too because I don't like Scream 3 that much. But yeah, right now I'm going to stand by that one, five, four, two, three. 
I, I think the wife even brought up three in the theater. Like, no, 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 no. It wasn't millions. <laughs> right. Right. They, they retconned basically, <laughs> which is fine. If they were doing what Halloween did with 2018 onward. Yeah. You know, they could have just made a, a sequel and maybe they were planning on doing that. And they're like, fuck David Gordon green beat us to it. We can't do that now. <laughs> you know? Okay. Let me throw one at you. Um, scream six. What happens? I don't know. It could go so many ways. Where where do we go? Where do you feel like it goes? Because I've got something for this. I didn't write it down, but I've got something for this. <laughs> I haven't really put too much thought into it. I, I feel like we're still going to follow Sam and Tara because you have to keep a tie, right, to the original. I feel like they could be it. Um, and, and that would basically make Tara your new Sydney, I think, even though she was, like, younger and she didn't do as much. She did beat the fuck out of one of them with crutches. I think it was Amber, right? <laughs> but uh, I, I just feel like they could do that. And then at some point, you got to do the obvious and make Sam become a, a serial killer, I feel like. Or they go the Dexter route and she hunts serial killers. That <laughs> they're doing stupid shit. Because they, they made sure they showed her murder the fuck out of Richie and then, like, relish the kill and then wipe the the blood oh, yeah. blade like Billy and everything like they in and, and the face she made right yeah. like they're setting up she's got to kill somebody so I don't know if you either like try to hide it for two movies and then bam and the third one it happens <laughs> or they just fucking go all in with it I don't know but I, I I feel like they would go that route past that my original thought when I heard they're making a scream five it has nothing to do with Woodsboro anymore and we start having copycat killers pop up because of the internet okay in different cities they could anthology do that. that that's kind of similar to my idea. Mine's the franchise killer. Like there's no, you can't go on from this. Some crazed fan or fans in Ghostface start knocking off the actual cast and crew of the Scream franchise. And then we find, <laughs> and then we find out that it's actually somebody or some people from the Scream franchise that's sick of it. So yeah. that way I can get Matthew Lillard back. <laughs> and I think it would open with somebody actually killing Kevin Williamson. And I'm not saying this is an idea to anyone. So please don't do that. And hear me out. I'm not saying this just for the Matthew Lillard joke. The whole thing about this franchise has been the meta, 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 meta. And it's toyed with, oh, there's this stab franchise and it's causing all these things right. to happen. I mean, in total seriousness, to actually pluck everybody out of the movie and into their actual characters from real life. It would be a West Craven tribute as well. It'd be like doing new nightmare. Exactly. I think it would be dope as shit if they did that while we still got people around. And while there's some hype from the fifth movie, I think it would be absolutely awesome, but it would, it would, there's no way it couldn't be the franchise killer. Right. Right. And you said franchise killer. It made me kind of think of like a, a mixture of ideas. I really like my copycat killers with the anthology thing. And I kind of got that idea from, when they added Ghostface to Dead by Daylight because it was unrelated and kind of had its own story. And I'm like, you really could do that. And I liked the, at least the first couple seasons of the Scream show. I really liked the first season, right? Like that yeah. just kind of showed what you could do with it. Um, but my, my first idea, like if they wanted to stick with like Sam and Tara and stuff like that, I feel like the next movie, you would have to have the first 20 minutes follow Sydney and Gail almost exclusively in some very realistic scenario where they come together and then get fucking murdered, but not in a way where it looks like they were dumb. Like it was super smart and and they knew what they were doing and there's no way they could get killed. And the killer somehow outsmarted him did a fucking crazy thing just to know that there's no cast members left. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, totally, totally agree. That's how it would have to open. 
and I like their characters. I'm not saying I don't want to see them anymore, <laughs> but I feel like we've hit the point now where if we're going to keep the Scream franchise rolling and we're going to still link it all the way back to the original, we have to get rid of the legacy characters now. Yep. We have to turn that corner. We have to see if it can stand on its own leg. Yep. Somebody listen to us and figure out something. <laughs> Could be the last movie. What if we never see one again? It It's doing really well, though. Oh. I haven't even looked at numbers. Spider-Man No Way Home supposedly had the biggest opening night or whatever of a movie, right? Not yeah. in COVID, but like just in general. And yeah. then Scream beat it. No shit. Yep. Now, I mean, the Spider-Man movie's made over a billion dollars now, and this is not going to do that. But it's really cool that like they brought all the old fans in and new ones that were interested to see it. During Omicron, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and had that awesome opening, well, opening see, night. That's that's the joke I made. I mean, you, you give us crap because we like to go to matinees, but uh, it's because we don't like people being in the theater. And we went to we went ahead and bought our tickets online just to make sure we could get good seats the day before. And I was shocked at how many seats weren't available. And that's why I made the joke earlier, because we had to sit closer than we normally do, like close enough that I get motion <laughs> sickness when it does the balls flying around. And uh, yeah, that was I hadn't seen that in a while because we've as soon as theaters open back up, I mean, it all started with the drive in opening back up. We've been going and seeing shit. And we're usually the only people in the theater. And this was like, yeah, yeah. holy shit, this is a fucking matinee. And there's like 30, 40 people in here. I mean, that's tiny in that big ass theater, yeah. but still that's a huge difference. And that, that did make me feel. Yeah. Good. I think this is turning into almost a normal episodes length without us having a script. So we should probably call it. Oh no, man. I'm looking, this is like, this is amazingly short, but I do agree. Yeah. Let's go ahead and call it. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen scream, I don't know why the fuck you listen to this episode. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> Definitely go see it. If you hadn't, it, it was really cool. And you guys let us know if you like this kind of bonus episode that we did here, because we've only ever had one other bonus episode and it was like a really short five minute blurb after seeing a movie. And if you like us going all in spoilery on a movie as a bonus episode, when it, when it first comes out, let us know. And we'll look into doing more of these throughout the year, but that's it for our scream five ultimate spoiler bonus episode. So You guys are going to have to tune in for the next episode for our season four premiere, where we cover alien abduction movies. Some of what you're about to see is extremely disturbing. As usual, guys, thanks for downloading the show and spreading the word. Please do not forget to rate and review us online. And please, please send us comments, questions, and suggestions to our email sbspodcast at gmail.com. We would also love it if you would follow our Twitter and Instagram, both at SBS Podcast. See you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening. Something about this one just feels different.